You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the book of Proverbs. Now looking at Proverbs chapter 18. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Good morning. You're about to listen to podcast number 18 in the series, A Disciplined Life. From Proverbs 18, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. When wickedness comes, so does contempt, and with shame comes reproach. The words of the mouth are deep waters but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. It is not good to be partial to the wicked and so deprive the innocent of justice. The lips of a fool bring them strife, and their mouths invite a hearing. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Before downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. For the ears of the wise seek it out. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. Casting the lot settles disputes and keeps strong opponents apart. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. From the fruit of his mouth... A person's stomach is filled. The harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You may have noticed as we are going through these Proverbs that some are connected to each other. You'll notice that various Proverbs are connected, sometimes quite loosely. Other times it's obvious why they should go together. For example, the first two verses. We might be tempted to read verse 2, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, um, separate from its larger context. The context isn't very big, but I think verse 1 sheds light. Verse 1 talks about the unfriendly person who pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. It's the same kind of character. And so whoever uh, put this saying, uh, this section of the Proverbs sayings together, placed one and two next to each other. Now, two, this idea of the fool, he, he, all he wants to do is air his views. He'll never change his views. He'll, he just wants an audience. He likes to converse, Uh, Paul gives us a lot of instruction 
uh, for example, in the pastoral epistles about uh, avoiding these kinds of discussions. But not every conversation is good. Even if you're talking about the Lord, not every conversation is worth it. Uh, Jesus gives similar advice, of course, in Matthew 7, verse 5. Uh, some other Proverbs that are connected, uh, you may have noticed in uh, 10 and 11, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. And the next line is the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. So we have a contrast between uh, God, who really gives us safety, and the rich, the wealthy, the powerful, you know, who trust in uh, architecture and, and bows and arrows to protect. But really, it's the Lord who protects us. Those two go together. And uh, also, uh, 17 to 19, the passage about the lawsuit and the cross-examination. And the very next verse is about casting lots to to uh, keep disputes from breaking out and opponents from fighting. And because of a brother's wrong, he's more unyielding than a fortified city. So I want to encourage you, as you read all the chapters of the Proverbs, to notice when two Proverbs or more than two seem connected somehow, because probably they are. Okay, a few more comments. We've talked about the fool who delights in airing his opinions. Verse 9, one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Wow. We may not see that at once. We'd say, well, what I'm doing is neutral, even if I'm doing no work. And if I'm doing a little work, it's positive. It's a very small positive, but it's not negative. But, but actually it is. It's negative for several reasons. Slackness is uh, demotivating to others. Slack people tend to take shortcuts. For the sake of finishing sooner, they'll leave things, let's say, not done according to code. And later on, someone has to fix that mess. Someone who is slack in his work is not as different from the hooligan, the vandal, or the brother who destroys. Not as different as he thinks. And so this is a, a hard-hitting proverb. You say, yes, I want to develop discipline in my life this year. Well, we shouldn't be slack in any area. The slackness, usually if someone is slack in one area, there are other areas too. But we just don't want to be that way. Um, we need to, uh, to really throw ourselves in wholeheartedly, as the scriptures um, tell us. Uh, verse 16, the gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. One of the so-called bribery passages. There are quite a few in Proverbs where uh, to get something to happen, a gift is given, sometimes secretly, sometimes not. Is this always wrong? Well, sometimes a gift is the cost of doing business, and it's not unethical. It's just the way things work. At other times, though, for example, if we were trying to influence a judge to declare a guilty person innocent, that's another big theme in Proverbs, then that gift would be a bribe in the most negative sense possible. So this, isn't, this passage isn't telling us we should give gifts or not give gifts. Like the bribery passages and the giving passages, it's just an observation that this is the way it works. Uh, and we, we've learned that in our life, particularly uh, visiting so many different countries, where, where sometimes you can't just assume that something that's scheduled um, or something that has a certain price means you're going to get it or you're going to be able to set out at the time that the timetable says. That's not really the way life is in most parts of the world. When we adopted our child, our third child we adopted, 
there were certain expectations. So you could spend all day waiting in a long line, or you could bring a little gift, and then you would go to the front of the line. Now, is that wrong? Well, no. Everyone knows that's how it works, and there's nothing illegal or even unethical about that. We have to be wise. And this is a culture-sensitive point. Um, and, and, and so its culture is different. The laws are different. But th- those are my comments on that. Of course, verse 17 is very important. In the lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until uh, you know, the next guy comes or there's a, uh, a cross of examination. It's so important to hear both sides of the matter. Because otherwise, well, we've not done our due diligence And we may even be controlled by confirmation bias, which makes us foolish, ensuring we'll never change our mind. For example, uh, I fell under the spell of some people who taught that the world was only a few thousand years old. That happened to me uh, near the end of my time. And I guess I was a junior in high school. I was 16. And it took uh, a few years uh, before I let that thought, that uh, opinion go completely uh, based on the evidence, which I saw was totally against it. But for the first few years, I only read books and pamphlets and papers supporting the view. And those papers would quote from uh, mainstream science journals and try to make uh, real scientists look look foolish. Uh, But, of course, I wasn't going to change my mind if I'm only listening to one voice. And then you switch over and you start reading the other view, and then you're able to synthesize things. This is so important for us. As Christians, we tend to buy uh, books written by people from our church. But what about inbreeding? What about the the greater likelihood that an outsider will see uh, the obvious, the elephant or whatever it is, than the insider will? Uh, we say, well, I'll go to conferences that my friends put on. Yeah, going to a conference that's put on by someone who has a very different take could be even better. So I think there are a lot of applications to this verse uh, uh, that is Proverbs eighteen seventeen. So what's the challenge of the day? Well, I think you, you probably could tell from my emphasis, the challenge is no slackness. Do it now. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Or more humorously, someone said, some things have to be put off dozens of times before they completely slip our minds. But think about that. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. And also, our lives are but a mist, to use the image from uh, James uh, chapter 4. So, for you and for me today, let it be a time of no slackness. Let's be diligent. Let's be applying ourselves and realizing that slackness and destructiveness are closely related. Lord, we we ask that today you go with us, help us to rely upon you, your strength, to remember the diligence, the industry of all the great men and women of Scripture to Think of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was not slack. Although he worked hard, he made it look so easy. Help us to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be focused and to have conviction about slackness and how laxity and 
and destructiveness are close related. And in fact, how our own slackness has undermined many good things we've done. But we ask that you'll strengthen us through Christ, through whom we pray. Amen. Well, now I, I will close by reading this version and I'm reading our chapter, uh, chapter 18, in the Jewish Bible, the Tanakh, the Holy Scriptures. This is the version um, that Jewish people use. It's one of them. And so it has a slightly different feel, but let's go for it. He who isolates himself pursues his desires. He disdains all competence. The fool does not desire understanding, but only to air his thoughts. Comes the wicked man, comes derision, and with the rogue, contempt. The words a man speaks are deep waters, a flowing stream, a fountain of wisdom. It is not right to be partial to the guilty and subvert the innocent in judgment. The words of a fool lead to strife. His speech invites blows. The fool's speech is his ruin. His words are a trap for him. The words of a querulous man are bruising. They penetrate one's inmost parts. One who is slack in his work is a brother to a vandal. The name of the Lord is a tower of strength to which the righteous man runs and is safe. The wealth of a rich man is his fortress. In his fancy, it is a protective wall. Before ruin, a man's heart is proud. Humility goes before honor. To answer a man before hearing him out is foolish and disgraceful. A man's spirit can sustain him through illness, but low spirits, who can bear them? The mind of an intelligent man acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek out knowledge. A man's gift eases his way and gives him access to the great. The first to plead his case seems right till the other party examines him. The lot puts an end to strife and separates those locked in dispute. A brother offended is more formidable than a stronghold. Such strife is like the bars of a fortress. A man's belly is filled by the fruit of his mouth. He will be filled by the produce of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife has found happiness and has won the favor of the Lord. The poor man speaks beseechingly. The rich man's answer is harsh. There are companions to keep one company, and there is a friend more devoted than a brother. Thanks for listening. Next time, chapter 19. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's. T- for additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry.